Ah, and you know what that means. It means it's time for another epic episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Hi, my name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And those musical notes can only mean we're talking about one thing today. Yes. The ninth and allegedly final movie in what is called the Skywalker Saga. We are watching, talking about Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. I just have to say, yeah. that title seems really ominous. It's, it seems something, yeah. for sure. And, uh, and I didn't know if I was supposed to cheer when they first released that title and we watched the first trailer. I was like, it, it, that, that feels kind of ominous since, you know, we also have the Emperor's uh, theme playing and Palpy's voice, Palpatine. Oh, I know. I thought the trailer was very exciting. Oh, it was. I just and... wasn't sure if I was supposed to be happy about Skywalker rising. Well, I mean, I don't know why not. But ultimately, uh, I don't know. Not everybody was excited. I mean, another movie that is divisive. For sure. In the fandom. Oh, for sure. Just like the last one supposedly was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we walked out of it the first time. We've seen it a couple of times now. Yeah. Um, And I think I just looked at you and I was like, well, can't wait to see how, you know, that film gets, you know, divides people. So. I just remember, I remember being, uh, I remember being quite happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, ultimately, just go get it out of the way. I think we both liked it. Oh, of course. Yes. Totally liked it. I just absolutely knew yeah. that there were going to be lots of moments that were going to cause uh, a division amongst the fandom. That for sure. For sure. So, And I'm sure we'll talk about uh, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. All right. But first, uh, two brand new IPAs, at least to us anyway, uh, yeah. that we're having as we do this. I believe I went first last week. So you are having... Um, I am drinking a beer from Cigar City Brewing, which was hecho a mano, made by hand. The cigars were, not the beer. Right. Uh, it is in from Tampa, Florida. So I wow, went the to the rare East Coast. Yeah, Southeast, no less. Like, yeah, that's very rare. Um, I, I mean, not to stir up controversy, but it, it's like the Southeast is not necessarily known. For their IPAs. And so I'm excited to say that I am I really like this IPA from Cigar City Brewing. It's called oh, yeah. the High Ally. Mm-hmm. And I had to look it up because I was pronouncing it differently. Right. Um, and so Cigar City um, started in 2007, although its first batch of commercial beer came out in uh, 2009. Uh, and it was a Maduro brown ale. Um, and they have just been looking to experiment with different flavors and create different beers. Their website is very cool. Oh, good. I just have to say, I think that is a great idea to go visit that, um, website because a lot of the websites we visited of breweries, um, see are sometimes are a little lacking. I would say, I think last week, in fact, um, 
my beer had my beer's website had not been updated in like several years. Uh-huh. So uh, anyway, so it's a great uh, website. Um, anyway, so the highlight is based on a native a game native to the Basque region of Spain, and it's a game that's uh, played on a court called a fronton, mm-hmm. and the highlight players attempt to catch a ball using a curved mitt whilst the ball travels at speeds up to 188 miles per hour. Um, so there used to be uh, a, a bustling, high uh kind of game scene in Tampa. Um, but apparently it is... It has kind of gone away. Oh. And so now uh, the, the it says that all that remains of the Hi-Li in the Tampa Bay area is this India Pale Ale that we brew in tribute to the Merry Game. Um, it has 65 IBUs, 7.5% uh, alcohol by volume, and it is quite good. I am uh, really impressed. It's a little, it's pretty bold, and given that... Uh, the last week's was was not bold. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the flavor in this, the flavor palette. So, um, they say to pair this particular pale ale with beef empanadas, deviled crabs, and other spicy dishes. So, I wish we had a really spicy dish to pair this with because I think that would be interesting. Hmm. Have you never seen uh, what highlight the sport looks like? No. Oh. Famously included in the opening credits, a sequence to Miami Vice, as I recall. Oh. That's the first time I remember seeing it because I remember seeing the big curved hand thing, mm-hmm. which I also believe they used for the movie Tron, one of the oh, games of that they play in Tron involved. That ah, sort of thing. okay. Yeah. All right. I am having, uh, this is going to be interesting, the God Phone, G-O-D, big G, God Phone IPA. Uh, a collaboration between Trapdoor Brewing, uh, which is in Vancouver, Washington, and a place called Full Throttle Bottles, which I believe is also up there. Their website is, uh, at least as far as Trapdoor Brewing is goes, is like any other brewery's website, pretty much. Very mm-hmm. samey. Um, a lot of, um, uh, you know, kind of samey, uh, like a lot of other breweries. They do say that they're a family is fourth generation beer makers but mm. don't really get into what that means a lot of the oh we use natural great ingredients and you know we have a beer philosophy that sounds like every other brewery's beer philosophy i don't mean to disparage them really but it just kind of is getting old looking at all these breweries websites and they all really sound the same mm. and do they have any information about the god phone ipa no oh no <laughs> Um, uh, they does say on the bottle though, uh, the phone rang and it was full bottle, full throttle bottles asking if we wanted to brew a dank IPA for their second anniversary. And we were like, hell yes. And here we are. This is a beer. This is the beer, a, a hazy dank IPA, double dry hopped with Vic secret mosaic, which you can really smell, which is great. And Simcoe hops. It says, uh, by the recycling symbol on the can, Jesus walks. Dot, dot, dot. His can to the bin. <laughs> and there's a cool picture of an old school rotary uh, coin-op payphone that says direct line to God on it. And there is a phone number. Yes. Not says what it's for, just a phone number. And I, look, I looked up the phone number for the brewery to see if it was that's all it was. But it's a different phone number. 
It's a phone number that is a Massachusetts number. God lives in Massachusetts. I guess. Uh, I called it, and you hear a very deep, otherworldly voice claiming to be uh, the big G himself. Yeah. Telling you not to use his name to justify your hatred. Yes. And then you can leave a message after the beep. Which is awesome. Yes. And you did, in fact, leave I did leave a message. a message. And you can, too. 617-356-7670. Uh, Godphone IPA, it's a hazy IPA, which I kind of was getting tired of, but this is a good one. I think it's the Mosaic Cops really mm-hmm. help it, give it a very definitive taste that a lot of hazies these days t- don't tend to have. They're just like, oh, let's make it taste like juice. Good enough. Yeah. And this actually tastes more beer-like than oh, a lot of other ones. So I like it. I like the can. It's a great design and fun. You know, this mm-hmm. direct line to God thing is cracks me up. And the phone, And the phone number, I mean... Yeah. That was fun. So, yeah, yeah. we left a message. Uh, uh, maybe they'll check out the podcast. I told them who we were. Anyway, that's what I'm having. Okay. Well, so, beverages in hand. Yeah. It is time. What do you, uh, let's dig into the movie. Yes. So, we, we have delayed this podcast, giving everybody the opportunity to watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, because... Spoiler warning, we are going to talk in great depth about the movie. Uh, So if you haven't seen it yet, um, proceed with caution. Um, You'll Mm. you'll learn about the movie as we go through these things. Hopefully this isn't your first time listening to us. Uh, So yeah, here we go. All right, final installment of the sequel trilogy. Uh, picking up after The Last Jedi, uh, we've each come up with our three favorite things about The Rise of Skywalker. We haven't uh, shared them with each other. We'll do that now, going back and forth. And as you just said, spoiler warning, we're not going to hold back on plot, plot details. details. It's been long enough. It's made a billion dollars worldwide. Right. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. Um, I just want you to know that in writing my three favorite things, yeah. I was able to narrow it down to a very... Uh, petite nine. Okay. So. All right. Well. Uh, but some of them are just really single, simple things that don't okay. need to go into a lot of detail. Okay. So just had to let you know. All right. Well, you start us off. Okay. Um. So I loved um seeing Leia as a Jedi teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was something that in the previous installments had been missing. You know, in in the initial trilogy, you know, we uh, George Lucas decides finally in episode three to go ahead and make Leia, Luke's twin sister. Um, but then they just kind of leave off. And when you come back to the movies in this, in this next trilogy, there's no hint or description in the first one about whether or not um, Leia is using the Force. Is she Force-sensitive? What do we know about her? Mm-hmm. We, we always get glimpses that she's Force-sensitive because there's, in especially in the uh, Return of the Jedi, right. there is a, you know, there are moments where she can sense whether or not Luke's alive. Mm-hmm. But in the first one, she she doesn't know where her brother is. She can't sense Luke. And we later learn it's because Luke has cut himself off from the Force, not because Leia 
can't right. sense it. And she actually senses Han's death. But this one, we see her training Ray, which I think is really cool that she is kind of picked up her brother's mantle and she gets to be the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also get to see a scene where she is training with Luke. Uh, so it's young Leia. Obviously, there's CGI there. Oh, yeah. um, but did you know that who plays the actual actress that in that no. scene? Mm-mm. Her daughter. Oh, uh, Billy Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so that kind of add, adds a little like, aw, moment to that even more so. But it was really cool to see Leia continue and train um, as a Jedi, construct her own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, the her, the reason she gave it up was weak. Yeah. And Agreed. a little frustrating. Yes. But um, I, you know, so I was, I didn't appreciate that part, but I did, I just liked that Leia did end up training as a Jedi. She did, she was able to use the force and that she continues to train Rey in this third movie. And it's interesting to see what would have happened if, um, you know, we still had Carrie Fisher. Right. You know, how much more would she have been in the movie? And I do, I would say they did, they treated her footage so great. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, I know lots of fans were concerned. How are they going to, were they going to just CGI her all over the place? Or were they going to be, like, not have her in it at all? Right. But I think they did a good job of kind of redoing, reusing old footage, uh, cut footage and things like that to get her into yeah. the movie in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did it pretty well. And maybe I just had blinders on because it's super exciting to see General Leia be a Jedi Master, mm-hmm. you know, so, I liked it. Yeah, I think they did about as well as you could have hoped with what they probably had to work with mm-hmm. with the, after the passing of Carrie Fisher. Um, a lot of, you know, what could have been, you know, to think about with these movies. Right. Especially after Carrie Fisher passed because that was always the idea that this final movie would be where The Force Awakens was Han's movie as as far as like the old cast goes, the last Jedi was going to be um, Luke's movie. Mm-hmm. The final movie was supposed to be uh, a lot Leia. about Leia. Yeah, you know, so they did as as best as they could with what they had, and I certainly I also appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, my first favorite thing uh, is just the opening of this movie. This movie, the first fifteen ish, oh yeah, twenty minutes. This movie. Use all the cliches. This movie opens like a house on fire. It opens with its foot on the gas. Uh, you know, it oh, it's like a runaway freight train. It just maybe not so much that one, but it it, it does it does start out. It comes in hot, and you know it really sets a tone that this movie doesn't slow down right hardly at all. You open up with Kylo Ren just killing fools on Mustafar. And finding this, uh, you know, this Jedi or Sith artifact. Mm-hmm. And then he finds the, gets to that really cool Sith temple. I thought the Sith temple looked yeah. awesome. And that's where you find, spoiler alert, Emperor Palpatine somehow still alive. Right. We'll talk about the uh, 
issues we might have with that plot detail. But you know what? Uh, old zombie-looking Emperor Palpatine looks freaking gross and creepy, creepy as and, hell. Oh, looks wow. awesome. And cut to Finn and Poe on the Falcon, like looking to get some intelligence. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're being chased by Tie Fighters, but not just any Tie Fighters. Tie Fighters that have light speed capability, which right. we have never seen before. And oh well, we've seen it in the animated series in Rebels. There was there the, Tie Fighters that had mm-hmm. high, high, well, as far as yeah. the movies go. Yeah. Um, and then, as we saw in the Last Jedi, uh, light being able to track ships through hyperspace is a thing now. Right. So that's and so Crazy. that's a, a thing that they carry over from The Last Jedi. I feel that this movie gets a little maligned claiming that they just ignore what happened in The Last Jedi. And and I don't think they ignore what no, happened in The Last Jedi. That is to an extent... I think they undo some things sure. which we'll talk about. But there are some things they absolutely carry over. Mm-hmm. And this being one of them and it leads to this... Uh, what, the, what does Poe call it? Like light speed skipping or height, yeah. something skipping? Light speed where skipping. Where they are just jumping in and out of hyperspace almost at random. Just right. trying to lose them and who knows where we're going to pop up next. And it is wild. It, it is, is super f- crazy and super fun and just where they jump in and out of. And it looks amazing. It is some great space action. And then you have, and then you see uh, cut to Ray's training with Leia. Mm-hmm. You know, j- jumping around a jungle. With the old, uh, you know, remote probe thing that Luke trained with in the first movie. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, it's that first 15 minutes is just, just, I mean, they don't, it does not dilly-dally. Right. Like, we're going to be a action movie from the jump and, uh, you know, whole, and, they, and it doesn't really stop to catch its breath very often. I would agree. So that first, that opening 15 or 20 minutes is so fun. Mm -hmm. And it really set a tone that made me, I think ultimately uh, led me to be, you know, somewhat forgiving of uh, the movie, of this movie's faults. So I think the thing I liked a lot about this movie is, you know, so it's two hours and 22 minutes long, Mm -hmm. but it's busy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a lot of, uh, of dead time where there's just where they're just giving maybe long moments of exposition or mm-hmm. long silent scenery you know or anything like that like this movie is like they packed a ton of it a ton of action a ton of story a ton of things into this movie right um which yes I really liked um it also was was part of the reason I think I'm like, I have, I, we have to see it at least twice because mm-hmm. I missed so many things the first it time. It was a lot to take in. Because it, yeah, it was just so like visually and, you know, stunning and things were happening and I was laughing at one thing and I know I missed the next couple of lines. Right. So, uh, so I also thought, I mean, it, it's just a, it's not a boring movie. No. And there are not boring moments. Right. right. It's a roller coaster. Yes. And this ride will take you places, uh, as a Star Wars fan, you're not going to like them all. Mm-hmm. But you're never bored. Correct. Correct. So. Um, all right. My second thing. Okay. Uh, my second thing is Poe, Finn, Ray Trio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I felt, 
you know, in when you listen to podcasts or watch any of the movies about the original trilogy, one of the reoccurring themes was the idea that when they were casting for Luke, Leia, and Han, they were looking for chemistry. Right. And and they have it. Like, I mean, watching Luke, um, Leia, and Han, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, um, Harrison Ford in the first trilogy, they are very comfortable with each other. They play off of each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. And you see that almost even a little bit tighter knit in Poe, Finn, and Rey. Yes. And I think the thing is, is like, and and I was trying to figure out like why is it different in this one? And part of it is is there's no um, overt uh, love triangle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, who's she gonna choose? Which boy is she gonna choose? Is she gonna choose Ray? She gonna you know is she gonna choose Finn or is she gonna choose Poe? Um, whereas they kind of played that up in 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 the first two movies. Like like where is who's Leia? gonna be with like right. she's attracted to Han or she attracted to Luke like right. um and th- that wasn't here like there definitely are hints you know they it was very vague um is it gonna be Finn and Ray is it gonna be Poe and Ray is it gonna be Poe and Finn um and in <laughs> there was a large group of Oscar people Isaac wanted it to be Poe and Finn advocating respect to him for Finn for and Poe in the press yeah. in the press tour. So, but what I think I liked the most about this is that that ended up not happening. Yeah, they just were committed to each other mm-hmm. as friends, mm-hmm. as um, comrades, as. Um, orphans in many ways, yeah. you know, um, and that that comfort um, is palpable on screen. They their interplay is great, mm-hmm. you know. Having the way Finn and Poe work off of each other because there are a lot of scenes with them together is really great. You can tell that they those two have begun have started working together so well that they are like they literally can finish each other's sentences, you know? Right. And I really, really like that. And then Finn and Ray, that devotion has always I mean that that that's there been been there since, you know, episode well, episode seven. Right. And um and that this time they're just more comfortable. Like they don't have to they're not fighting over holding each other's hands or giving each other a hug, or, uh-huh. you know? Uh, so I just really liked it. And there are just some great moments of, of just line interplay where um, they learn that uh, Poe used to be a spice runner. And you've got Poe being like, you were a spice runner? And Poe's like, or Finn says that. And Poe's like, uh, yeah, and you were a stormtrooper. Right. And Ray's back there like, you were a spice runner? And and you were you know what I can't even remember what he scavenger. said. Scavenger. Oh, and you were which, a scavenger, which seems not such a big deal, right? Considering a spice runner is essentially a drug smuggler. Right. But then he's like, "Are we gonna just we could do this all day? Are we gonna keep going?" Like, right. I mean, you just that kind of interplay is fun and funny. And then um, at the end, I I love the there's a moment between Poe and Finn where Poe and the, they come running up to each other and they both have things to say mm-hmm. and. Um, 
Finn's like, I gotta tell you, this droid's got information. And Poe goes, I can't do this without you. I need you to be a general with, you know, a general with me and help lead. And Finn's like, okay, I've got this thing. And then he pauses. Oh, yeah, thank you, by the way. That's really awesome. Okay, wait, 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 let's get back. <laughs> um, and, and just that comfort is really fun to watch. That chemistry there yeah. is rock solid. And the hug that they and that they have at the end of the movie, where it's just all three of them, just arms around each other, you know, so glad that they're all alive. Yeah, is great, and yeah. I just I really love that. Yeah, you said, uh, and the first time we watched it, you even turned and said to me during one of those, I what I forget what scene, but you know, there's a good chunk of the movie where the three of them are together, mm-hmm. and you were saying, you know, how much you liked it. Yeah. And and again with the uh with what could have been. Because it made me wish, you know, that they had gotten to that sooner. Because the three of them aren't together in the previous two movies. Right. You know, at all. Uh which when you see them like that, it's a bummer because, you know, what could this have been? You mm-hmm. know, and uh but yeah, but still uh the three of them together is really great. Um you know, I love they give a little bit of uh of you know the because Poe has always just been like the kind of the good soldier. Mm-hmm. So they give him a little bit of dark history. And also, what you pointed out when he talks to uh, Poe about, you know, I need you, you know, and it kind of acknowledges him as mm-hmm. someone I need, you know, is I, th- I think is another thing they carry over from The Last Jedi. It's a lesson learned, mm-hmm. you know, from Leia, from the previous movie. From Holdo. From he's Holdo no longer too. the yes. brash, yes. He is cocky thinking, pilot. Yeah, he's not just thinking about as, as, a, as a fighter pilot. He's or now as thinking. As a flyboy. As a flyboy. He's now thinking as a as legitimate military leader or starting mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. Right. Carrying right. the weight of the responsibility. Yes. On his shoulders. Um, better. You know, mm-hmm. and and that that's actually great to see, because again, I think one of the things I liked in the Last Jedi that we talked about in that podcast was, yeah. I really liked the fact that they were calling out that sometimes the rogue pilot, the flashy, you know, cool, good-looking pilot who likes to make impulse decisions and disobey orders, right, is not always right and gets other people killed. And strategy has a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing him here where he's being forced into that role of strategy and having to be responsible yeah. for the lives of others. Yes. Um, so my my second thing is just, um, isn't necessarily a theme, but it is one, a scene specific. Um, it's another thing carried over from The Last Jedi. In The Last Jedi, there are these sequences with Rey and Kylo Ren, which people started referring to as them force timing. Uh, yeah. And there's a sequence where Rey and Kylo do this, and they essentially kind of, I won't say duel, it was almost like a light, a sparring. Yeah. Through the force. She is actually up on his Star Destroyer while he is down on the planet below, whatever the name of that planet was. Kajimi. Kajimi. And they start, and they kind of do this force timing thing. And they established in The Last Jedi that they can actually make physical contact this way. Mm-hmm. And so they carry that over where they actually kind of spar via the force. Mm-hmm. And also in The Last Jedi, like they can, they can see each other, but couldn't really see each other's surroundings. That was kind mm-hmm. of one of the limitations. And that goes on because he's like trying to figure out where she is. You know, right. as their be- and it's a really interestingly filmed as the camera spins around them and it goes from his setting 
Which is pure white. Because it's snowing and it's outside. And right. And it's dark. dark. And it's right to her sitting on this very pristine, clean whiteness of, mm. his, of his chambers on this Star Destroyer. Right. And until he eventually, and like uh, this scene that's in the trailer where they both shatter the pillar thing where he keeps Darth Vader's helmet on and it mm-hmm. shatters and he sees the debris of it. Now, I know where you are now. Right. Well, because the helmet falls on his the side, side on the of, planet. Right. Yeah, so it just very cleverly filmed. I, mm-hmm. I like another thing that they, uh, you know, that the, was introduced in the previous movie that they use to good effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, speaking of chemistry, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. Oh, yeah. Chemistry together. They're amazing. Yeah, I mean, whether you care that they ended up being romantic or not is irrelevant just that they know that you had, that question was always prevalent because right. their chemistry was so good you had to ask it. Right. And so, uh, yeah, in any time they, they crossed sabers was in any of the movies was incredible. Mm-hmm. It's my, my favorite parts of all the movies involved that. And this was really cool, uh, different way of doing a lightsaber fight. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's my second favorite thing. That was a great sequence. I agree. So that was on my one of my nine things mm-hmm. that I was going to talk about. Is what I was going to choose as my number three um, was the Force time, and you know they kind of explain that through the idea that they're a dyad, even though that's not fully explored in terms of what it is. Yeah. Um. But I I also really appreciated the lightsaber battle, and I what I appreciated about this kind of expansion of force time that like this time physical things can transfer Mm -hmm. is because it pays off amazing at the end Mm, of the movie where she gives him um the lightsaber so he she gives him luke's lightsaber which is really anakin's lightsaber and a he finally gets to wield his grandfather's lightsaber but it is just an epic moment with the um, in the movie, I mean, the audience, like, applauded. Mm-hmm. You know, there was cheers when that happened. Yeah. Um, and then I love, like, so now he has his light, he has the lightsaber in his hand. And he looks around, he's encircled by his former, the former, the Ma- well, Ma- the Knights of Rand, Rand. Right. you know. And he, uh, and he even does a little, like, kind of bow to them. Right. You know, like. Yes. Yes, I have my lightsaber now. Now, like the tide has changed, yes, right. and I, it's I, I awesome. acknowledge that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's almost like there's a little bow to the audience, like, yeah, that was awesome. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think that was great. Um, so uh, since I can't use that as my number three, mm-hmm. my number three is going to be um, Jana and the other stormtrooper defectors. They're on that um, Endor moon, the one where the remnants of the second Death Star have fallen and crashed, which is somehow habitable uh, because, you know, science says that it shouldn't be. But that's okay. Whatever. Um, Anyway, I just think it's really cool because, you know, we have something that has never before been seen, which is a stormtrooper who has defected. Yeah. You know, we have Finn, who has overcome or worked through his programming and and decided, I don't want to be a stormtrooper anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the introduction of Janna and her, her band as other stormtroopers who also were able 
to um, push through and overcome their programming. Yeah. Uh, because it becomes, I mean, they talk blatantly about the fact that they've used child soldiers. Like, they have gone out and liter- forcibly stolen children mm-hmm. from their parents and brought them into the First Order to train them up to be stormtroopers. Storm um, that is incredible, first of all. Like, what? Um, and, but then to think that, so that brainwashing is is able to be overcome, that Janna and those other, that her band are people who were able to do that is super interesting. Right. And honestly, I want that to be a Disney Plus spinoff. I want there to be like a Janna spinoff where she's out like liberating former stormtroopers from the first order. Cause yes, the final order is destroyed, but like there are still probably hundreds of thousands of stormtroopers out across the universe. Right. Um, I want to see her running around liberating a bunch of them mm-hmm. and bre- helping them break free of that programming and coming and joining, you know, becoming individuals again and finding their homes. Um, so I just, I, I liked that addition, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure at the end where she and Lando are like, she's like, where are you from? And then he's like, where are you? And she's like, I don't know. And then there's, you know, I wasn't too great, too much of a fan about that. Although I do kind of think a Lando spinoff series where he's out gallivanting right. would be fun. Oh, Not sure. with her. She's like way too young for him. And Lando is still very much a player. And so I'm just saying, I've seen the fan theory where they're like, is she his daughter? God, and if on. that is the case, yeah. I'm, come on, everybody. I just have to call it out. Really? Yeah. You're saying that two of the three black people in this movie have to be related. Right. And there's a galaxy full of individuals. Right. Come on. So Jana cannot be his daughter. Uh, that That's too. Or else I just will give up. Yeah. That's, that's just too simple. And that's all that is a fan right. theory. That's just too simple. Yeah. I don't. I mean, but I, we'll get into it. There's a couple of things where they really took the shortcut and the simplest yes, uh, they route did, for, sure. for storytelling. So I could see somebody at Disney being like, they're onto something. Right. right. <laughs> and I would hate that. I would hate that too. Although I did, and there are people reading, oh, Lando creepily hitting on. I didn't oh, read it that way. I didn't either. I didn't read that either. That He just saw a young, you know girl who was a little well, lost didn't know where she came from and he's like, like let's hey, go on an adventure let's, go let's do figure s- out who you yeah, are yeah that's how i read it too yeah me too all right um also i was gonna say th- that idea that they introduced in the force awakens with finn is something i've always wished they had just pushed a little deeper into mm-hmm. so i never was like fully like why what was it specifically why was it that on that night Mm-hmm. that he was like, I can't do this. Well, they talk about that being his first mission, his first right. real mission. And so... His first, maybe his first combat thing. His, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess I could, I could see that. And they, they do subtly reinforce it since everybody calls him a traitor. Right. You know, every time he runs it, when he runs into Fanta- uh, Phasma, Phasma and right. um, even the other shock trooper who's got the, like, you know, electric... Right, thing, baton, baton, thing. in the right. first one, um, they every time they see him, 
even Kylo calls him a traitor. Right. And so that idea that they recognize he has somehow been able to defy orders is impressive. Sure. But yeah, I just, a little more of like what's in his mind as to why mm-hmm. he couldn't do it was what I was looking for. Uh, for my third thing, I had also down the Ray Finn Poe mm-hmm. dynamic. Uh, we've already talked about that. So I'll just go ahead and say, uh, I'll elevate one of my honorable mentions was the uh, Ray and Kylo Ren dueling on the wreckage of the second Death Star. Oh my gosh, yes. Just uh, cinematically, visually uh, spectacular and striking. You know, there's like, it's out in kind of off this, off the coast of this, wherever they are. Uh, and just these huge waves just crashing around them as they are just swinging for the fences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these essentially these superpowered beings, you know, doing these incredible feats, you know, and fins out there with with Jana, and just like amazing seeing these two people, you know, kind of perform these miracle acts of physical, you know, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, as they fight, and uh, and yeah, just just visually incredible sequence. Right. Then uh, when that happens, it's so cool, and it's you know they use a big chunk of it in the trailer. I am, um, well, I don't care for the reason why they go to the second Death Star. Right. I love that they, it's still another thing, like going back to The Force Awakens, where you see the wreckage of that civil war, like mm-hmm. the Death, the Star Destroyer on the, wrecked into the desert of Jakku. These kind of ghosts, you know, mm-hmm. of what, of, of that past, right. you know, still haunting the present. I Absolutely. love that imagery and it looked awesome. Yeah, so that sequence was just great. I agree. I think they did a good job over the course of these three movies of giving, A, some incredible lightsaber battles. Yeah. but And also, they are almost always in very different locales. Yes. Right? Like, all of the lightsaber battles occur in places that are so dramatically different from each other, mm-hmm. which means that the way they have to occur and the acrobatics and the maneuvers are also different. And I yeah. liked that. Me too. So. Uh, okay, so is that our three? Yeah, I think that's All right. it. Are we ready to go into honorable mentions? I believe so. Okay. Well, just so we're clear, I now only have five honorable mentions, uh-huh. not, not six. Okay. So that's good. All right. Right? Uh, So my first honorable mention is um, Hux as the spy. Uh, Poor guy. I like, so Armitage Hux. uh, I love that his name is Armitage. Right? Um, Like he's got a much diminished role in this movie, which is a bummer. Um, I, he's held a, such a prominent role in the first two that mm-hmm. I, his role in this movie, um, is, is, is sadly diminished. Uh, Domhnall Gleeson though is fun at yeah. all times, you know, but I just love the moment where Hux is the spy, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's in his just, he's got his just sourpuss face on and he's sneering and he goes to kill, like he walks with the stormtroopers to execute uh, uh, Poe po and, and Finn. Finn and Chewie. Right. And I love that Poe and Finn are still arguing, which mm-hmm. is great. 
Um, but then he kill he turn like he kills the stormtroopers, and they turn around and he just looks at him and goes, "I'm the spy." In this super overwhelming, dramatic, <laughs> yes. yelling voice, and it's so good because it's so Hux. Everything he does is overly dramatic, and um, oh my god! And I just love the fact that they all stare at him. And then immediately Poe yells, I knew it! And Finn just looks at him and is like, no, you didn't. Yeah. You know? But what I love about Hux is the spy is that he's not a spy because he truly believes in the rebel cause. No, not at all. You know? In fact, they ask him, why are you doing this? And he's like, I don't care if you win. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. Yes. I like that a lot. That's an amazing line. Because in the first two movies, you can just see their absolute just disgust for each other. Yes, disdain. Like they're like two squabbling children with Snoke, Mm -hmm. you know, each seeking to curry favor. Um, And then... Each the son of someone more famous, kind of. Right, exactly. You know? And he... So then we, so, you know, here we have him, like, he's, he's humiliated in The The Last Last Jedi, Jedi, right? So the idea that he would think that this is the way, he just has to see Kylo Ren humiliated as well, um, is just so superb and appropriate. Yeah, it reminded me uh, of, in, like, the, the original Star Wars movie, where there's, like, essentially this, almost like in this boardroom. Mm-hmm. Where the, all these kind of generals, these military leaders, are meeting with Grand Moff Tarkin and Vader, and there's like this butting of heads between a, a regular military man and this Darth Vader figure, mm-hmm. right? Where like I'm a military man, what you're doing is nonsense and magic, right? Right, and that's kind of what this is. This like next generation of this, mm-hmm. you know, the son of a military man looking at this space wizard and being like you know we don't need that right no so but yeah i also what i thought of what would have made that like super cool is if they would have seeded that this if they would have given him the code name fulcrum oh yeah how cool would that have been from the beginning of the movie you know we've got some message from fulcrum Mm -hmm. and like half our audience i'm sure half the theater would have gone (gasps) right because you know uh, if you haven't seen the animated series Rebels, it'll make a ton of sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been. I thought about that after the fact. I thought that would have been. That would have been kind of cool. It might have been a little over the top, like wink, wink. It would as wink. over the top as I'm the spy. <laughs> Good point. Uh, okay, so that was one of my uh-huh. honorable mentions. Um, Luke raising the X-wing from being submerged. Yeah. That's great. Kind of a nice little nod to back when in um, Empire Empire Strikes Back, he's unable to do it because he doesn't believe that he can. Right. So to watch him do that is pretty cool. And also as one of my favorite pieces of John Williams music, uh, Yoda in the Force, which is the Mm -hmm. music that plays when Yoda pulls his X-Wing out of the swamp of Dagobah. plays again as Mm -hmm. he pulls it out of the water. Yes. Uh, so. In this movie, so yeah. Um, I I liked watching. Um, well, there was a lot I liked about watching Ray s- 
um, really waver between the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. There's things I don't like, which we'll talk about. Sure. But I like a lot of it. And I like that she is exceptionally powerful with the Force. Like, when yeah. she shoots the lightning out of her hands and destroys that ship, I gasped. There's a ro- I our was whole like, theater <gasps> did. A lot That's of people, so cool. A lot of people in our theater did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I liked seeing how Rey was powerful. I also kind of liked this idea of why the dark side is so alluring, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's all about... You know, well, um, Yoda talks about it. It's it's emotion, it's passion, it's anger, it's fear. It feeds off of those things, and so it's quick and it's easy. Easy, yeah. Um, and so that idea that you know, and watching Ray lose her temper with Kylo, yeah, and lose her temper when he is, um, when they're battling over the transport and things like that was was pretty cool, and it was cool to see her just the power that she had yeah and then also kind of the the realization that she had like oh i have to be careful it's not easy to stay in the light that is a hard choice um was kind of cool yeah well it was more than kind of cool it was really cool yeah um i really enjoyed seeing um the turn of kylo ren to ben solo Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, it wasn't perfect. Uh, I would argue it was done better than the turn of Anakin Skywalker to the dark side. Okay. Um, but just the... Because um, he's, he's been conflicted with it through all three movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I mean, they, they see it a bunch of things. I mean, the line that uh, Rey has... Where again, they reach back to the last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, where you know I offered you my hand, you know, and you and you said no or turned down or whatever it was, and she said I wanted to take your hand, I wanted to take Ben's hand, right? Not Kylo Ren's hand, Ben's hand. I love that uh, that turn of phrase, um, and then at the at the end when he does um, come to her aid, mm-hmm. you know, on Exegol. And, uh, and, you know, you see um, they're kind of in each other's arms. And, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Driver, you know, he for all the shit that, the, uh, that he got from The Force Awakens about being, you know, emo Darth Vader. You and know, super moody, goth yeah. Goth kid, blah, blah, blah. And then you finally just, you just see a, a, a genuine smile yeah. come across his face. And it seems, and he's such a good actor that with them, you know, and I mean, the Star Wars movies are, you know, it's crazy space, you know, stuff. And it's, uh, and like you said, there's like, I'm the spy. And there's all this kind of big, huge, you know, emotional uh, things that are sometimes corny. But that moment played so genuine. You right. know, it was a legitimate, you know, moment of happiness right. before he passes. Yeah. And I really, you know, I it really, I really bought into that. Oh, yeah, I did I too. And that single smile, you yeah. know, like a a weightless smile, like all the weight mm-hmm. of all of the anger all of and it. all of the resentment was, and yes. all of the confliction and all of that was a true smile. Yeah. You know, and I for me I was like it felt like it came from just pure acceptance, you know, Ray being like Ben. And seeing Ben and seeing through all of the faults and everything else that he's done mm-hmm. and and you know, being so happy to see him. So yeah. I I also I loved that moment. That was a great yeah. moment. 
Um, I, there's a moment where, like, so near the end, they're fighting the, the final order. I mean, really? Right. The final order. Um, I don't, I don't think I need to go any further. It's better than the last order? I guess. Whatever. Anyway. Last call. So they're fighting the final order. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course it looks like all hope is lost. And uh, Poe says, you know, my friends, I'm sorry. I thought they'd come. You know, I'm sorry. Right. And then you hear Lando's voice being like, there's more of us. And there's all these crazy ships that are just tons of different ships. And there's Mm. lots and lots and lots of Easter eggs in there for people to enjoy. Um, But what I like, and and so, and that's a great moment. It's super cool. Right. Right. Um, the thing that I like is a little bit later, like as they're battling on the, um, the lead, you know, super death star or super star destroyer, star destroyer. Um, they, um, like the leader, their pride, general pride is like, where did these ships come from? They don't have an army. And his second in command goes, it's, it's not an army. They're, they're just people. Yeah. And I love that moment. Mm-hmm. I love this moment, this idea that ultimately what what it takes to fight back against oppression, against evil, against terrible things is just a belief in being people and that there yeah. are there you're not alone and that there are a lot of other people who are right. also going to fight back and argue. Um, and they see that earlier in the movie where they talk about like, what does the, what does the empire do? It's not the empire. It's whatever the, the first order yeah. is they convince us we're alone. Yeah. Right? That was, a, that was that's a, what evil does. It convinces us we're alone. Right. And what a great idea that I think is something that carries on into real life. Right? Yeah. It's very like, relevant. What does... What do horrible people do? What does e- depression do? What does what do these horrible things and terrible and hard things do that convince you you're alone? Mm-hmm. And it's the realization that you're not alone. That there are many people, many disparate people, mm-hmm. who are also there to fight that battle right. with you is super cool. It's yeah. a great meta idea. Um, I know that J.J. Abrams did not write that. Um, I love him. He's got lots of strengths. I like a lot of his movies. Mm. That was not his. <laughs> what that... I, I agree with what you're saying. I think what that what that was missing for me mm-hmm. is because Lando goes off to go get help and then he just, you know, when all is lost, That's he shows he up with everybody. Of course. What it was missing was, you know, Lando getting to the core systems and you needed i wanted lando calrissian delivering some sort of you know whatever message he transmitted right some sort of rousing you know we need this right and i don't know what and maybe they just didn't but maybe the like jj abrams and terrio the other guy who helped him write it they maybe they just didn't have that speech in them which which you make sense it's funny like i'm gonna talk about that in a little bit yeah but but that's just something i wish was there other than just like and then he came back with all the help they needed right you know so that's kind of all right um uh okay 
Um, the controversial maybe because I've heard some people complain about this scene, but I love this. I really dug this scene um, that uh, Harrison Ford shows up in this movie mm-hmm. unexpectedly. There's um, after uh, Ray and Kylo uh, uh, duke it out on the remnants of the second Death Star. You see Kylo Ren um, kind of after she leaves. Uh, after she um, saves his life. Right. Um, you know, looking off into the water. And then he... And, you know, it's not explained what it is exactly. And I don't... And for me, I don't need it explained. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sees his father. And I don't know. Is it a ghost? Is it a memory? Is it all in his head? Uh, it doesn't... I mean, it's any of those things is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the scene is great. Um, you know, it's the culmination of his conflict... Um, with who he is and he sees his father again and it's the you know and it's a a, both a replay of the scene where he kills him in the force awakens Mm -hmm. and a spin on the empire strikes back the famous you know i love you i know right except instead of it being romantically you know between of course han and leia it's about it's done between this is maybe why i like it so much because it just I know I recognize a lot with it being a a, a a male of a certain generation from a certain you know uh, just that these it's it's done where he says um, he's trying to say I love you to his father but he can't get the words out so it's done through the prism of these two kind of emotionally closed off men which is a real th- I mean to an extent I'm like that. You know, it's a thing that we struggle with, that I, you know, can struggle with, um, that I just recognize with, Mm -hmm. you know, that he couldn't get the words out and he didn't need to. His father saw it and his father said back to him, it's fine. I know, Mm -hmm. you know, and that mental, I, I like that so much. And I, you know, people complain, what, Han's not a Jedi. What is he supposed to be a force ghost? It doesn't matter. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I really like that. I liked it. It was uh, they the two actors played it uh, brilliantly. I don't know. I found it quite touching. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I mean, I I was one of those people who was kind of like, what? Wait. I mean, it's fine. It's Harrison Ford. It's Han Solo. It's mm-hmm. great. But wait, what? Why is he there? Why is he? You know and. And I get that it's a moment where a father can re- a son reconciles with his father, mm-hmm. right? But I I kind of wanted it to be with his mom. I would have liked him sure. to That's, replay that it. scene. I get it with Leia because it's Leia's death mm-hmm. that causes him that that opens him up long enough to be open to become to the to the return to the light you know mm-hmm. so it would have liked maybe that re- that interplay like replaying mm-hmm. that scene between him and his dad right but between him and his mom sure and i i get i get the power of doing it with han solo and, you know? and plus you could only do it with him logistically speaking. oh I mean, yes 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 of course so anyway i i i agree that it, it is an incredibly powerful moment mm-hmm. where you get to watch kylo ren leave and ben return yeah um okay what did i what else did i have in here 
Uh, my final one is just uh, it, just because of the cuteness factor. Uh, Dio. Oh, the um, new little the little droid. droid. Yeah. Um, Babu Frick, of course, is is great. Babu mm-hmm. Frick is, is super cute, but Dio stole my heart, and I think it's because you have Dio, and he comes over, and Ray reaches down, and he immediately backs up and is like, "No, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that we have this little robot who totally is like all about consent. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she Ray does assist him and um and then he starts wheeling around happily and he's like thank you thank you you know right uh and so yeah so dio is is adorable yeah and i really like it i was seeing him in the trailers and saying like oh this is the new droid for this movie and essentially he's a cone on a wheel right i don't know what he does and what's his purpose yeah and i was like are they even trying anymore? Is that the best <laughs> we can fucking do now? I mean, it was like it was like did they just go into like some special effects workshop and be like, grab one of those, grab one of those, just get it out there. We don't have a lot of money left. But then, uh, yes, they have plenty of money left. Come on, Disney is doing fine. Um, but then, but then, how they you know brought him to life was actually quite charming. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised because initially I was like. What? Come on. Yeah, I'm not sure what his purpose is yeah, as either. a droid. Practically. Like, practically yeah. speaking, what does he do? Yeah. Like, so, anyway. But that's not important. He's adorable, so. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah, Any I more don't... honorable mentions, or are we uh, ready to get I into think the I'm, other I side? I think I'm pretty good. Okay. I'm pretty good, yeah. All right. The dark side, the dislikes. Right. Um, All right, I just have to go first here. Yeah, I know. Because you, you know exactly know. what it is. Yes, I know. I am so upset mm-hmm. that Ray is a Palpatine. Yeah. Like, the, I think the thing that was the most powerful for me yeah. in, episode, in episode eight. Mm-hmm. In The Last Jedi, is that she is a nobody. Mm-hmm. That her parents weren't anybody special. Right. And I loved that because it meant anybody could be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody could use the Force. That, that, that the Force really is in all of us, and anybody could be a Jedi. Yeah. And I just felt... That they took that away. They just they 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 took it away. They once again. Um, they are like apparently you can only be an amazing force user or mm. especially strong in the force or something special, right? If you're a Skywalker or a Palpatine, you know. And initially, I know in the first, after the first movie, everyone was like, oh, is she a Kenobi? Is she a Palpatine? Is Mm -hmm. she a Skywalker? Or what is she? But I, and really, since the only Kenobi that has existed has been Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, that, I mean, that's fine. Like, but I just, I I was so disappointed. I wanted Uh her to be sort of like Anakin. I mean, Anakin apparently, you know, was an immaculate conception. I hated but, that. Which was a dumb... Yes, it, we all agree it was a super <laughs> dumb plot point. I hate that But so why... Like, 
but in the what one of the things that the prequels did well is there's a display of many many force users. Sure. The who could use the force mm-hmm. is a broad and diverse group of people. You don't see that in the first movie, and I get it. It's because the Jedi are dead. But there was such an opportunity here mm-hmm. for them to reopen that up that once again anybody yeah. could be a Jedi. Yeah. And they took it away. Yeah, that was disappointing. I mean, personally, I still believe um, that that's as far as Star Wars stories go, anybody still can be a Jedi. That they just chose to leave it out of these main movies is super disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I wasn't. Maybe I wasn't quite as bummed out as you because I always expected that was how it was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. That they were just going to make her related to somebody. That mm-hmm. was always going to play out. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, yes, I guess, sure. I mean, why not? I mean, I wonder because there was this great fan theory after the force awakens where they uh looked at that duel uh in the forest between her and kylo ren some guy broke down her fighting style and compared it to the palpatine's fighting style from the prequels and they're very similar mm-hmm. and immediately i was like and that always put it in my mind that she's there's some connection there between her and the emperor right because because i thought it was so once i saw that video it's like it's so clear that they did that their fighting styles are so different from any other lightsaber wielder in the movies but why did they it was a clear choice so i wasn't that surprised mm-hmm. but still yes disappointing right and which leads to uh my first um dislike it's not like i wasn't open to the emperor being back somehow in this movie right but after the first trailer, when you hear his voice, you hear his laugh, mm-hmm. I remember saying to you, that looks awesome, but if they are actually bringing the Emperor back in this movie, they gotta give a reason. Mm-hmm. They gotta give, make a reason that in the universe makes sense for him to be there. Right. And they do not give one at all. Right. Not at all. They sort of reference a line he gave in the prequels about how the Sith have abilities that are unnatural. And, uh, you know, good try. That was more Sean Connery-esque than... I'd rather be more like Sean Ian Connery. Ian McDermott. I'd rather be more Sean Connery, to be honest. Okay. But, but you know what I'm referring to. And it, so, yeah, that they did nothing to explain how he's there. Right. It was like... He literally got thrown down... Uh, a shaft of and a, of, a, of a Death Star in that space. That exploded. That exploded. Yes. How? I mean, I was like, just, I mean, make, clone him. Right. Make him a clone. I would have been, at, by the time we got to the end of the movie and I saw that I wasn't going to ex- get an explanation, I was like, I would have, at that point, I was like, I'd have been fine with him being a clone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been kind of simple. But it would have been better than what this is. Than nothing. Than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Ray could be his great granddaughter, but stop pretending she's his granddaughter. That math does not work. So. They, some species age differently. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, I know you kind of feel 
this way too. Like the whole Sith blade and Wayfinder. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I get it. They needed they needed the the thing. The, <sighs> go get the thing. I here's the I side guess. plot to the thing that yeah, will help the Mag- you. The MacGuffin driven plot, right? Is, um, and yeah. I'm not a huge and but I think part of the what I don't like about it is that they also do this weird retcon where Ray finds out Luke was looking for this. What? It what? He apparently exiled himself to this planet. It's heavy. It's it's basically stated he never read any of these books. Um, oh, I know uh, about that. Well, Yoda specifically says because he's like the sacred texts were in that right. temple. And Yoda goes, "Ah, oh, read them, have you?" Oh. And Luke kind of goes, "I I mean, well, you probably read some of it." Yeah, but but somehow there's also a journal that he's been taking where he's been searching for. The Wayfinder, and he's mm-hmm. left the planet. So yeah. somehow he knows that Palpatine is coming back. Never thinks to mention it. And even though Palpatine is coming back, he's still like, I'm going to live my life as a hermit over here because the world, like, there's the Jedi have to die. Even though the evil Sith are there, like, right there. I, that's the man I, like, I and my, well, my dad supposedly killed and threw down the shaft. Like, yeah, there's a lot of. Like that's just yeah. a weird thing, and then the the blade and the blade. The blade is, was dumb. They're in the perfect Super spot dumb. for her to use the blade to show where the wayfinder is, <sighs> because somehow tides don't shift things over twenty years. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty probably pretty heavy. It'd be hard. Yeah, twenty years is still a long time for. Yeah, I'm the yeah. I get it. I know. Yeah, it's there's plot one of my plot contrivances mm-hmm. is what I was gonna say it was one of my criticisms because there's several, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like and the first time we watched it I was just there was several times where I was like, yeah, hands hand, kind of shrugging going what what is happening and but then but the thing is they come up with a silly a contrivance that mm-hmm. means that they now have to go do a thing but right. then awesome things happen while they're going to do the thing. Right. We're going to travel to a bunch of different planets, and you're going to see lots of cool different yeah. kinds of planets. There's plant- so much cool Star Wars space stuff and action stuff that I kind of was like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know, I understand that this is stupid, but everything else is really mm-hmm. cool. So it's, you know, it's not perfect, but it's still really fun. Yeah. But yeah, the Sith Blade was especially stupid. Mm-hmm. And the Wayfinder things, you know. Weak. Yeah. Oh. Um. Really, really, this one's really small. There's one other big thing that I have, but the really mm-hmm. other small thing is I just wanted to see what the Knights of Ren were capable of. Oh, yeah, that like, was super For most of the movie, they yeah. just get to walk around and look menacing, and when they first are there on the ship with Kylo Ren, I was like, oh, we're going to get to see them fight. This is going to be cool. The Knights of Ren are going to be awesome. And ultimately, the only people they fight are yeah. Kylo Ren. And... Of course they die. Or, yep. Well, Ben Solo. They don't fight Kylo Ren. Right. Um, so anyway, I was just disappointed because I really had been excited to see. Yeah. They looked so cool. So I was excited to see them. But yeah. oh, well. Another what could have been a thing that was introduced in the first movie that was never capitalized on. Kind of like Phasma mm-hmm. was, you know. This, and yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. What was the point of them? Right. Uh, 
you can par- you can uh, find them explained in Marvel Comics, though. Yeah, so, that's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of all the things, yeah. Oh, man. Um, there was something else I just had in my mind about... Oh, can can we can we stop with the the, the planet destroying weaponry? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, uh, I mean, okay. The first the first Star Wars movie, the Death Star, was a revolutionary kind of idea mm-hmm. as far as like a weapon of villainous thing in a movie. You know, I remember it kind of blow. You know. Right. That idea was so big at the time. Blows up Alderaan. And now we can't get past it. You know, we got to have, like, that was one of the criticisms of The Force Awakens. They're going to, they have another Death Star. It's just bigger. Right. And there's always a way to kill it. Right. There's always a (laughs) way. How do we blow it up? There's always always a way way to blow them up. And now this time, now just, we're just going to give every Star Destroyer. A planet destroying weapon. Right. Now they're they're just, they're just now there's just a lot of them. Now they're not star they're destroyers. Just, they're planet killers. Planet. <sighs> so I mean, un, first of all, completely unnecessary. Right. The fleet that they that Palpatine somehow has, which is also another plot contrivance that is just you know right stupid. He's had a long time to build. I guess. Um, you know, the size of that fleet was enough. I mean, in this entire huge fleet of star destroyers was enough of a menace because they don't have the manpower to deal with it mm-hmm. why do you need to give them each a planet destroying cannon right it was just a an extra thing that would just kind of eye-rollingly come right. on they all have hyperspace travel too so they can get to whatever planet they need right if they need to blow it up but also it's stupid yes um all right so this was the other thing that was just super i mean it it changed the tenor of the movie, and that was um, the lack of stakes in this. Movie, oh yeah, I'm right. Ready to go like with this, yeah. Um, so there's a couple there's a couple of moments where they really give you an opportunity to catch your breath and be like, oh, they died, right? You know, like so. Right. Um, you know, uh, the first one is Chewie, Chewbacca. Like right. Chewie's in that ship and. Ray grabs the ship with the force and is trying to pull it back down. And Kylo begins to play his tug of war. She uses the force lightning and destroys the ship. Mm -hmm. So Chewie has died. And that is devastating for her. Although there were there were two ships. Of course. Right? There were. And of course he was in the second one, which no one saw take off. No one saw still on the planet. Right. Right, right next to where the other one took off from. I don't know, but uh, so so he does not, in fact, die. He is alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did I want Chewie to die? No. And um, his reaction when Leia dies is like that's great. Tears sprung to my eyes. That was at a great that, moment. That should officially be an honorable mention moment. Yeah, that should have been an honorable mention yeah. moment because it was beautiful and sad, but. So I didn't want Chewbacca to die, but at the same time, the fact that they're like they leave you hanging for like all of two minutes. It's not even any extended a period of time where mm-hmm. you have to like deal with your grief over Chewie dying. Um, and then they're like, "Oh no, surprise reveal!" Like it's two minutes later, right? Um, Super. And you're like, it's a cheat. Oh, it's a cheat. Okay, yeah. and so fine, whatever. You get that cheat. 
But then C-3PO, <laughs> this is the only w- way to get the information from yeah. the Sith blade right. is to wipe his memory. Like, or or unlocking the ability to, to, to use the Sith language uh, will wipe his memory. Right. Right? Uh, that and that's a sad moment, right? It is kind of like it is. It is, it is. A, it is a well-filmed, poignant moment. Moment, yeah. Um, Which do they end? And then and then they undo, like twenty minutes later. Um, <sighs> and I'm like, wait, you don't get two cheats. You can't do it twice. Like, um, either one of them would have been eye rolling, but both together just remind you that like in um, in a lot of movies, like the that death or that moment is pivotal for the characters. It allows them to advance. Mm-hmm. And also, C three PO's memory has been wiped before. Right. Why didn't it get re- restarted the last time? At the end of the prequels, that's like one of the last things they do is they look at. They're like, oh well, R two D two can go with you. And we're going to wipe the protocol droid's memories. Right. R2-D2, does he restore those memories when they, later on, does he? Yeah. Because um, C-3PO literally has the next 17 years to relearn things and redevelop R2-D2 as his, as his best friend. So that would have been an interesting story. C-3PO having to meet R2-D2 and be like, what? What do you mean best friend? What are you talking about? And have... R2-D2 have to, like, who has never had its mem- his memory wiped, right. right? Do the same thing again with C-3PO. Instead, you just get an upload, and you're like, all good. Yeah. So I just felt like what happens is with when they do that is you lose all sense of gravitas. You lose all sense of people are going to get, like, people are going to get lost, specifically mm-hmm. people that you care about. Um, because we all knew Carrie Fisher had to die in this movie because she was she was, or you know that Leia had to die in this movie because mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher had died. Um, but outside of that, they don't. There's not a lot of gravitas because nobody dies. Like Han's death is really impactful in the first movie, mm-hmm. but but he's back. Um, mm-hmm. Luke dies or Luke you know, becomes one with the force in the second mm. movie. And you, you know, he's coming back because you know, the force ghosts can do that. Right. Um, but that was still pretty powerful. Mm. Um, and then here, like they all get to come back. And so, or like they were kind of like, we want to give you a scare, but then right. the stakes aren't really that high type of thing. Yeah. So it just was just a, I mean, it's not, and again, it's not that I wanted either of those characters to die. Right. But I feel like it was uh, it would have been better storytelling if there were any if like if a major character could was allowed to die yeah. or if that was a it could have happened mm-hmm. or made you think it could have happened yeah so yeah um, yeah there was I mean I don't know which one is more egregious uh, the mm-hmm. Chewbacca cheat is literally a cheat because mm-hmm. there is nothing visually that gives the idea that he could have survived. Right. Then all of a sudden he's like, yep, he's alive. There, well, no, there's two ships. When you see them, when uh, Finn spies that Chewbacca yeah. has been captured, there are two ships there. Right, but then you don't see... The second ship. The second one, yeah, yeah after that. Apparently um, it has a cloaking device. 
I guess. Because and then, it's a Star Trek but crossover. Then, but then after the, you know, and you see that scene in the trailer where C-3PO says, I'm looking at my, one, mm-hmm. taking one last look at my friends. This is actually a very touching mm-hmm. scene. And then they use that as an excuse to get some jokes out of C-3PO, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing anybody. Right. Right, again. And then all of a sudden, R2-D2's got, you know, jacked into his back of his head and is reloading his memories or whatever. Right. But that does bring up something that I thought was a little amusing to at least think about. As, like, we both listen to the binge mode. Right podcast about star wars where they talk about how george lucas has this idea that this this story this this saga um the skywalker saga is being in the somewhere in the future is being related to some sort of jedi journal person by r2d2 right he's the one telling the story at some point in the future so the joke is that you know of course, R2-D2 is always repairing the ship just in time or doing all these heroic things. He's the one telling the story. Right. So, that's, that so idea, of course, he's the hero. So if he's going to put, put C-3PO's memories back in his head, what sort of lies is he putting there, too? <laughs> is something I was thinking of. Uh, but, yeah, both of those things are just like, man, those are those both. Those moves were, right. it, were not good. I it cheapens um, the idea yeah, yeah. overall. Right, but mm-hmm. I one could argue that that also could happen with like Palpatine, right? Like again, apparently nobody dies. Right. Um, in the in the um, animated series, you know, Darth Maul, who is literally cut in half. Right. In the prequel. Mm-hmm. Back. Well, he's dead now. Well, yeah, now now in yeah. Rebels, he finally was killed permanently. Yeah. But like, I don't know. So, it's yeah. like Marvel comics; nobody ever stays dead. Except Uncle Ben. Except Uncle Ben, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Mm-mm. No. I mean, like I said, those are those are the things that were there. But I overall, I liked this movie. I mean, yeah, it, me too. Outside of the Ray as a Palpatine. Yeah, that was um, disappointing. And the the inexplicably Chewy is alive, and yeah. C three PO doesn't actually have to lose his memory after yeah. all. Um, the movie is is good. It's fun. It's a I, lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I um, <clears throat> there were moments of laughter and there were moments of like catching your breath and mm-hmm. like and oohs and ahs. Yep. Um, it wasn't a perfect story and there are no. plot contrivances, but it was still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of the day, it's still, it's still you know. It, still a star wars movie it's still mm-hmm. i still enjoyed it and yeah. so yeah yeah um kind of final thoughts about the the saga as this is i guess probably i mean there'll be future star wars movies but as Correct. far as like the quote-unquote skywalker saga this is probably it um and a bummer thinking about the whole poe finn ray triumvirate which we like we finally got them together for a significant chunk of time in this movie and it was great and it sounds like none of them are i think they sounds like at least for now they're probably all i think we're good with our star wars careers i mean oscar isaac was asked you know point blank during the press tour uh, especially with disney plus you know and they're doing a bunch of the mandalorian and a bunch of other future star wars series you know would you be interested in doing 
Poe Dameron in a Disney Plus series, and he and he just went nope. I mean, matter of fact, no interest. Mm-hmm. So probably never see these characters again. Right. It's a bit of a bummer. Um, but my thought was, uh, as you see a lot of people compare this to The Last Jedi, and people who love that movie see this as somewhat, or not for everybody, but there's people who feel betrayed mm-hmm. you know, because of the things that they chose to incorporate or ignore or change. Right. You know, and I get it. Um, I like both of those movies. I found myself thinking of uh, the third movie in the previous trilogy that we had, the prequel trilogy, you know, the Revenge of the Sith. Um, mm-hmm. When that came out, um, when that movie ended and I walked from the theater to my car, I, that was a walk that I, where I was not smiling. I wasn't happy. Uh, with my friends, Brian and Jeb, who I saw the movie with, we were... In retrospect, clearly trying to talk each other into that being a good movie that we liked when we clearly mm-hmm. really didn't. And for all we knew at that point in time, that was the last Star Wars movie we were ever getting in our lives. Right. We walked out of this third movie in this new trilogy, and you and I walked the car with smiles on our faces. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, kind of what my last, what my feeling how I'm going to leave The Last Skywalker mm-hmm. is, you know, it was for this sequel trilogy, not perfect, maybe not planned out super well, uh, but it was so much better than what we came before it as far as the prequels go mm-hmm. that I'm I'm overall pretty happy with it. Yeah. I could, yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. So uh, episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that'll do it this week, I guess, for the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Yes, it will. Uh, thank you for listening. We're on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, uh, Spotify, and a lot of other places where you find uh, your podcasts. Uh, if you have any thoughts about The Rise of Skywalker uh, you want to share with us, you can email the podcast, ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review at any of the previous places we mentioned. We will be back next week with another... Another movie. Another action-filled movie, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Until next week. Go see a movie. And thanks for listening.